This is your Monday Strip Sports Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Patrick Royce will join me in just a little bit to talk through the weekend. Phil Mickelson winning the PGA Championship. I'm sure Patrick and I will talk quite a bit about that. We'll talk some twins, I'm sure, as well. Maybe even some NBA playoffs mixed in there, too. But first, what did I miss? I'm sure Patrick and I will talk a little bit about the Wild as well, but I need to get into just the... uh, What's going on here? They they haven't scored in 111 minutes. It's it's getting to the point where it, it's not. How do you even explain it at this point? A, a team that had a good it was a good regular season scoring team finished its chances. This is it's it's too familiar over and over and over again. This team throughout its history can't score in the playoffs. Um, I think they're averaging like 2.2 goals per playoff game in their history. And you know some of that goes back to the Jacques Lemaire days where they tried to you know, tried to win every game one nothing, which is the score they won by by the way, in their only playoff win uh, of this year. But Saturday night, same thing. Down 2-1 in the series, desperation, right? Got to win this game at home. You've been a really good home team all season long. You, you come out, you, you play okay, uh, but but you, again, don't finish your chances. You, you know, you've got a lineup in there. You've changed your lineup again. I don't think the lineup changes were the ones you needed to make. I think Zach Parisi in was a smart idea. I wanted Matt Boldy in the lineup too. I think you needed more scoring punch. And you think you needed to take a chance, bring a little bit more energy into that lineup. No offense to Chad Rao, um, but I, I just don't know if that was the move to make into that lineup on that day. I, th- I think Kyle, I think, I think, uh, I think Matt Boldy would have been the move that maybe would have bear, bore a little more fruit. But again, when you lose four, nothing in a game, when you haven't scored in almost two full games, you know, since the first period of Game 3, you can't just point to one thing. It's it's a lot of different things. And I know they had a disallowed goal in both games, Joel Eriksson in both games. I know the interference, so the goalie interference was a little bit suspect in Game 4. I know people have been complaining about the officiating and, and the, the treatment that you know, some of the star players for the Wild have gotten, but that's not all it. It just it, it can't be just that when you've been outscored Nine to nothing in the last 111 minutes. That's that's you got to be more resilient if that's taking you completely off your game. So something's not clicking right now. The Wild, you know, hadn't lost three in a row all season until now. Bad time to do that. But again, this is the playoffs. This is elevated. They're playing a good team every day. You know, so I wonder how much of this is they overachieved somewhat in the regular season and you know got got fat to a certain degree on a lot of those bad teams in the West. I know they played Vegas well in the regular season, but, you know, again, I, I do wonder if they're a little bit of a victim of their own success, if, if that's the right word to use, that uh, they set expectations a little higher. I don't know. Patrick Royce and I will talk about that here in a little bit. What what do we think about this team? Are they underachieving? Did they overachieve so much in the regular season that this is, a, you know, the rude awakening that was coming to them? Are they just not? Uh, are they not executing in a way that they should be? I don't know. Wh- whatever it is, they're desperate again now. Three games to one, going back to Vegas Monday night game five. Again, yeah. If 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 Saturday was a must win, this is truly a must win because you lose this one, it's all over. You know the way it's gone right now. You don't have a ton of confidence. The only thing you can point to is that they had played well in Vegas in the playoffs so far. Up one, you know, they were up one nothing in the series. They won that first game one nothing. They were up one nothing in that second game until Vegas came back and got, you know, the the, the goals that pushed them over the edge in that game. So, the, not all hope is lost. Uh, I think if you go back to their their one real playoff run in history, they were down three one in both those series. 
uh, to Colorado and then to Vancouver. Remember that very well because I helped cover both of those back in the day. So, you know, hockey's weird. The road team wins game five to pull within 3-2. Then the next game's at home. You got a chance. You get a real chance if you can win Monday night to, to think you can put some pressure on this series. But, again, you've got to cash in your chances. It, it's as simple as that. If you don't start cashing in some of your chances, it's just not going to work. You can't keep saying we got great chances but didn't cash them in. It, you you have to cash them in at this time of year, plain and simple. So, again, Patrick and I will talk about that a little bit more here coming up. But, you know, Monday night, 9.30, if you dare stay up late, maybe you'll be rewarded. But from what we've seen so far, I wouldn't get my hopes up. I wouldn't get my hopes up too far on Monday night. Enjoy your money your way when you switch to Royal Credit Union. You can pay friends and family for free, deposit checks on the go, and even get alerts about your accounts sent in real time. Stop in and open your account today or get started at rcu.org slash your way. Insured by NCUA. It's Monday on Daily Delivery. Patrick Royce with me. Um, Got a lot to talk about, Patrick, including let's get off right to the jump because I've talked so much wild already. Phil Mickelson, 50 years old, wins the PGA um, <laughs> on the list of surprises, I, I guess Phil Phil winning at that age isn't shocking, I guess, just because he's always managed to to keep his game together to a certain degree. But he he wasn't a threat coming into this at all, based on the way he was playing, was he? Well, no, because he, uh, you know, I, I heard a quote yesterday on the on the telecast that somebody asked Jason Day, who was having his own problems, he missed the cut, but. Uh, uh, I believe he missed the cut on Friday. He said, how about Phil? Does he have a chance? And he said, yes, because he's not hitting foul balls anymore. And uh, that, you know, that he's, he was hitting it uh, fairly straight. And, and, you know, if you hit foul balls at that place, you're going to shoot 90 because it goes in the water and weeds up to your neck. And it's, it's, uh, it's the most tripped up tricked up course in the world for for a great course and then you throw in some days 10 mile an hour wind other days 30 mile an hour wind it's a funky place but I, I gotta tell you Saturday night I looked at the leaderboard and I said my god the only guy he's got to beat is Kepka right uh because you know Louis Oosthausen he's 10 years past his prime you know when he was at his best he can't make a putt he's second uh I mean the leaderboard to a to an extent it got a little better as the day as yesterday went on, but it was like the John Deere classic pretty much. You know, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, DJ was gone and the McElroy was gone. And uh, these guys, you know, it is a course that if you're not playing well, really well, you hate it. I think, I think half of them missed, we're happy to miss the cut and go home. He was, there was really nobody chasing him yesterday. They come out of the shoot. Kepka flips places with him. Phil, Phil uh, uh, starts off with a FISO, as we call it, F-I-S-O, fudge, I'm still out. Putt, you know, He's, <laughs> he was, uh, you know, and he loses a stroke. And then Kepka gets to a par five and for no reason on God's green earth makes a seven right off the bat. And he just had, he was three over on the par fives and Phil was three under yesterday, but Kepka played pretty much terrible. So Phil only had to play. Okay. Right. To win. Yeah. That's and it. Yeah. To, to stay out of trouble. And uh, nobody was chasing him. Nobody was jamming. 
Kevin Streelman and Louis Oosthausen are the two guys chasing you. And there's disasters waiting out there. But he did it. He he is amazing how he he maintains. I think it's because he he's you know he gives you all this stuff about it. he'll give you more crap than any golfer in the history of man for 30 years. He's just full of beans. I don't like him as a guy, but he an amazing flexibility at, at his age. He's never been a muscled guy. You know, he's right. not as fat as he used to be, but he's, uh, you know, he's still, you know, never been lean or anything, but there's amazing talent. I mean, what the heck he, he, uh, he's the last amateur to win a pro events, right? Nine, 1993. Right. Sure. And I mean, he's been doing it forever. It's an amazing, amazing talent. And, uh, and he was hit. He hit it three thirty. His what was his tee ball on eighteen? Three fifty six yeah, or something was, like that. Smoked it. Just smoked it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was. Uh, he got. He got confident. He wasn't hitting it crooked, and he still got the amazing hands. I thought the tournament really changed on Saturday afternoon when he was in trouble, and then he just hits this glorious uh you know lob shot yeah right next up and makes makes birdie and 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 then of course when he when he hit it in from the bunker and uh that that was that turned it around completely but it is an amazing story and uh you know they i i will say that the uh the idiots running that golf tournament letting that letting that mob of people get out on the on a you know drunk at that half of them drunk at that time of day because they've been out there for 14 hours letting them get out on the 18th fairway like that uh that could have gotten really ugly for you know he kept kept basically had to fight his way out of them for you know we, we didn't see him for about five minutes it was uh it was really a, a goofy goofy scene but uh yeah Bill is he's very he's always been very popular with the fans I guess they look at that fake smile and think he really likes them. I don't know. The thumbs up. <laughs> he's got the thumbs up going now too. He's not even looking at you. He's just giving you the thumbs up. That's his new deal. But uh, uh, an amazing talent. Probably I was thinking one of the five greatest that ever played. Don't you think? Probably. Is that right? Wow. Well, I, I guess. I mean, in terms of talent, just just in terms yeah. of like pure the like uh, the thing that I've always liked about his game is that he's just he's a shot maker you don't see a lot of guys these days that are just that just kind of go for it sometimes sometimes it's not the smart play sometimes you're like ah phil what are you doing and then it it doesn't work or then it works it's like he's he plays he plays kind of fun and that's that maybe that's what resonates with some people his game is just kind of fun because he will go for it even if it's not the the technically right idea and sunday before saturday before that flop shot they were all saying, well, he's got to play it, you know, even with Phil with the, he can go high here, he can go low, but he should go low. It's the safe play. And then he goes, whoop, he hits the pop up right from down there from that hole and, uh, you know, ends up a foot and a half away. And uh, he's got the magic hands, man. And that's uh, in golf, that's, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're critical and uh, probably the best hands we've ever seen, you know in golf i i think as far as the feel around them it's funny with those great hands around the greens he's not 
you know, he's a hot and cold putter. He's right. Uh, he's, he's a good putter, but he's not like, Oh, Phil's going to beat him because he's going to make more putts than anybody else. But, uh, in, incredible talent. I saw him at Augusta held some terrible losses before he, I was there for like 18 times in 20 years or something. So you, you got, you got to the point that you wondered if he was ever going to win one of right. them because it, the burden was so high. I remember one day he had a chance. I can't remember who he was fighting with, but we were down there behind the sixth green at Augusta, which is that terrible par three from when you're up on top of the hill sure, and, sure. The, and the flag is always way up in the right-hand corner. And he hit one of the great shots of all the, that I saw that day up in there about five feet away. And he's chasing somebody. He's like one or so off the lead on Sunday and he misses the putt. You know, and you're <laughs> right. just saying, ah, you know, you'll never do it because he all of a sudden he tenses up. But once he broke through, he was pretty good. They, you know, the U.S. Open, of course, having not won that has always plagued him. But, uh, you know, this really did seal his legacy as one of the all time greats. That's for sure. I think that's fair. I think uh, someone that could maybe use his calm, steady good hands is the minnesota wild uh patrick oh, <laughs> could uh, could use his finish there. Fi- I don't finish know. finish around the net uh, a little bit better because uh was it the stat is now no goals in 111 minutes uh since the uh, disallowed goal if we're, if we're gonna let the one disallowed goal completely uh yes i guess two now two now two disallowed yeah. goals now one at least the last week. we're gonna let that totally uh dismantle our, our whole psyche. I don't know about that, but what, what's your, what's your take on the playoffs to this point? Uh, I couldn't believe the last two periods after they had the two all lead and on uh, the first game, the, the first Thursday game, game. Yeah. It, was, it was, it was awful. The breakout was so easy for uh, Vegas, Las Vegas for two periods. It was incredible. There was nobody forechecking anybody. If they were trying, they were, I mean, Las Vegas just gave two passes, boom, boom. They'd have the, the puck out and, uh, you know, the two, by the way, the guy was offside. Okay? Oh, way offside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was offside. That was now, not a, that was not a bad break. I'm, I'm that was a bad. That it, I'm reading that it was, it was decided it was offside. Well, it was offside. Okay. Right. You, you, that they get the rules in there. The guy, the guy, uh, you know, pro, not protest. He, he asked for a review and he was right. That was offside. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like so it never should have been a goal. No. In the last two periods, what four shots each period. And yeah. in the, in the third period, I think they had two until the last minute. Right. right. I mean, it was just suffocating. And the, the fact that they, they, had so little zone time down there in the, in those two periods, that was a pathetic performance. Now uh, in game four, you know, that goal was not getting that goal was harder to take Yeah, and it ends up being four. Oh, so how much can you complain? But flurry was really good. And they, they had some chances. They haven't had, uh, you know, they haven't had one, eight chances in, even in that game, but uh, they had a couple, but uh, you know, they just got, manhandled it in game three and then uh game four is uh you know you could beat four nothing i mean four nothing four nothing right so uh, yeah it's uh you know they have not uh they they've been overmatched so far but it is hockey and you know you go out and get two tonight in a you know or two you know two tonight and 
right off the bat and you can you can get back home and you got yeah. a chance but uh las vegas is better than i thought they were yeah and, i think that's a good way to put it and uh flurry's flurry's great and uh you know these guys uh they need the they need the superstar to do something he's been he's been non-existent caprice off basically do they need uh, no do they here's the thing i'm trying to figure out do they need it's probably a little bit of both but do they need more do they just need more from him and fiala or they just do they not have enough good players like vegas has seems like they have there's this more high-end skill when you get to the playoffs it's easier to shut down one or two guys so i'm trying to figure out mm-hmm. is this problem of what Kaprizov and Fiala aren't doing, or is this just that they don't have enough of those guys? Yeah. Or maybe, you know, the, I don't know. I, I thought this was a pretty talented forward bunch. And I hear people talking about, well, Vegas is, you know, stronger. Well, look at the size of the forwards of the, of the wild. Yeah. Especially you know, Greenway and that first line. Yeah. I mean, they, they got big, early guy they can play that way too if they want to i don't know if they want them to or not but uh you know what i think the difference between these two teams is mark stone yeah look at this guy did you you ever look at him you look at him and you say one word hockey (laughs) (laughs) this is a guy he's got a face that you know like should be on a wanted poster and he should be in the post office i don't know if we still do that but he should be and he's got the long hair right bent nose and and this is a guy he's gonna do anything to win a hockey game he's a tall west walls and more talented tall west walls i like that just a hard nosed tough toughest guy uh, of all time and they they might have a couple more of those guys they're just they're better than i thought you know they really are and uh uh i'll tell you what if you somehow get by them i don't think it's going to be too easy with the other guys either no colorado looks pretty good i mean the, the thing about the thing about this year is they i you know and i've been having a hard time deciding because there's so many bad teams in that west division this year so i'm having a hard time yes. deciding whether it's that you know these three teams were just so good and in particular those two teams are good or did they get kind of fat on the on the bottom of that league but it, it could be that the wild just managed to wind up in a division with two of the three best teams in hockey and that's just not you know they're gonna have a hard time getting by no matter what yeah that's true i mean colorado just blitzed uh, the blues and the blues was pretty good against our boys but yeah uh, yeah you know uh, when if they get beaten five they were they this whole year they were better than we thought they were going to be i think everybody i thought i i not being mr hockey said okay they're a marginal they're marginal playoff team right and but they they were they were always going to make the playoffs because the bottom three teams in the, I mean, right. the bottom four teams in the division were so rotten, but uh, it's a, it's a flop. Uh, it's, it's a flop of a season is what, what's the stat? Uh, 17 and 35 and their playoff games since well, 203 or something. Yep. Not just, I think I, I 28 know. and 52 overall or something like that. Yeah. Playoffs. yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, they have, they've been a, what, how many second rounds here in the last one one two they made two under yo um they beat the blues and they beat colorado and so but yeah i think you're right i think overachieved regular season but if you lose in five given you know that you're only 
five points behind Vegas in the regular season. I think that'd be that'd be a disappointment. That'd be a big and, disappointment. And you played well against them during you you, right. you, you, you yeah fairly well handled them during the season. So uh, got the matchup yeah. you allegedly wanted. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they came home. They were up 2-0, and they thought they were kings of the world, and they yep. had a goal taken away. And you can, uh, when the goal gets taken away, you can either pout or you can you can get mad. And I guess we decided to pout because we were they were terrible. Yeah, they were terrible the last two periods, and that this is when it this is when the when it was decided if they could beat tonight. Those last two periods in, yep. in game three were just brutal. Yep. Four shots each period and, and just suffocated and did nothing, did nothing, didn't fight back. It was, it was bad. We got to talk twins for a little bit before we're done. Um, twins actually won a, they, well, they won a seven inning game a few days ago. And then they won a 10 inning game on Sunday. That was the first in nine tries, I think in the extra innings this year, which is just a, just a, it's a weird stat that has some meaning when you look at their bullpen and you look at how awful they've been in the clutch, but it's just, it, you never would, you know, statistically defies all logic, but so they win that they're 17 and 29. Now I, I'm, I'm so I, I keep, I, this is like weird part of me that keeps saying if, 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 even though I've already given up on the season, like four different times, um, yes. so, what, I think I, you should give up on the season, but <laughs> here's the other deal. What in the hell? Polanco, bad ankle. Kepler, now he probably won't be playing. He's got a hamstring. Right. I mean, can can somebody play for five days? Maida. Maida's on the aisle now, too. Maida, yeah. Josh Donaldson is your Iron Man. Iron Man. Yeah, you wondered if he could play a game. And uh, it's it's incredible. You know what has been the worst thing to happen to baseball and really all sports? You, you brought MRI. this up last week. MRIs. Yeah, you brought this up MRIs. last week. You're on to something. Diagnosis is killing us. <laughs> they you have soft out. tissue damage. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I don't, you know, it's just, you can't, you can't keep your team on the field. Now that ball garlic hit yesterday, well, you weren't, uh, that was mashed. Man. Oh, yeah. How did that happen? That guy, that guy hits it off, has great stuff to cardiac or whatever his yeah. name is. Yeah. And uh, so I guess, I guess a fluke can happen. He was in the game, but uh, uh, yeah, they just, I, I mean, Colin May comes in and said that he the other day, and there's a guy on second and he basically just said, here, hit it. I don't give a damn this. I'm, I'm not going to get you out. You know, <laughs> all I got to do is get a run across and uh and it's, uh, you know, this other guy, Hansel, he'll drive you nuts, too. He can't throw strikes. I mean, he's got good stuff. But the idea that you're now going to make him your closer, give me a break. He's why got did no they, chance. Did, I didn't see the post game. Did, did they did Rocco get asked why he didn't try to get Rogers through two innings? Had he pitched Saturday quite a bit? I didn't see the, the logic behind that. But I was like, I was at the Saints game. I was at the Saints game yesterday with my dad. And I got to bring up a Saints pitcher with you in a minute. But uh I was tracking it on my phone. I saw that Rogers had only thrown 14 pitches. So I was like, well, maybe he's, maybe Rogers is going to get the ninth too. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he might do that too, but, uh, I, you know, I, he, he's, who knows? I don't know what his pitching decisions are, yeah. but, uh, you, 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 but tell us about this. I, I'd been told by a couple of fans about the guy you saw yesterday. Tell yeah. Me you what was told me his name again because I, I was watching Tom him. Hackamer, Tom Hackamer. Hackamer. Yeah, he's good. He's, he's uh, 
He's a side wheeler. Huh? Yeah, side wheeler. Almost, almost even further down than side. Almost. He's he comes from way down, and usually, like I don't know, my experience with those guys is they're not the hardest throwers, right? They they tend to kind of be the yes. You know, I'm thinking of like Pat Neshek back in the day. Yes, he wasn't right. quite that far down, but you know, guys that are going to kind of trick you with the slider and the funky delivery. He's got the funky delivery, but that thing slings out of there at 95. Wow. Um, he's struck out the side in the game last night. Oh, do we call it striking out the side if there was a hit in between? I think that's a debate people have. But yeah. uh, well, I don't know. I don't. I, I think it was a snapper bullum down any. Right. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you got a lawnmower if they had to strike out three straight. Or <laughs> you, uh, I, I can't remember, but you know, they, uh, yeah, they I hit, mean, striking out the side is striking out. Striking out the side, striking. That's what I always think. That's what yeah. I think too. But he, the, the hit he gave up traveled about 15 feet. It was one of those like. Uh-huh. Yeah. Slow rollers right right between the pitcher and the catcher and Rortbit was catching yesterday because he got uh-huh. the motion the other day. He he couldn't make the play, but yeah, I, I was worried that the lefties were gonna get him because you think that delivery, but he he mowed right through a with at least one lefty, if not two. So that is Hackamer. I want to see Hackamer up here well, relatively I, I don't soon. I think he's I don't think he's 32 either, like most of no, the he's, they uh, have over there. You know? I don't think he's super think, young but i think he's maybe like 26 i don't know i think he's one of their fairly recent draft choices. i'll have to look him up but uh somebody somebody sent his name to me and about a week call him hackamer tom, uh, tom hackamer tom hackamer yeah. well they gotta you know try somebody that's not you know did i see Derek laws back over there again huh oh, he, he came up with the twins he got hammered like five straight games but we he's too valuable to let go that pitching staff honest to god that could be george samus's pitching staff from the uh instructional <laughs> except for about four of them there uh although uh duran finally showed up on uh saturday apparently the gun's a little juiced up over there right but they had him at 102 Whoa. So, uh, okay. on one of his pitches. So, But he does throw high 90s. I mean, they've been waiting for him forever. And I think his last season was 2-9 and nine or something. So he walks people. But uh, they love his arm. And uh, maybe we'll get to see him here uh, within a month or so. But he missed. He, the other night was the first time he'd pitched because he had some. Right. Yeah, he was down, down in Fort Myers problem. for a while, right? Yeah, he was uh, just working out down there mostly, so uh, trying to get healthy. But uh, we'll, we'll get to see him here. We'll get to see a lot more pitchers with <laughs> with this with this team. We'll get yeah, they'll set the I think the record's thirty two or thirty four yeah. from a few years ago. I think we may go past that this year. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it is really uh, it's a it's always a frustrating thing when your baseball team just stinks early, you know, and, and just kind of knocks themselves out of it early because, you know, it's a long summer. I, I've always told the story when they really stunk in the early eighties, man. And I needed five columns a week. I'd go watch croquet and Brainerd and uh, right. log rolling in Wisconsin. <laughs> you gotta, it's, it's too hard to find columns in the summer to have a rotten baseball team that you can't go right about. So uh, you'd like to see a little bit of a revival here, but uh, I don't know. They're just, uh, they, they're too injured uh, in the field and offensively, and they're not good enough on the mound, I think is their biggest problem. And now Maeda, who's, you know, that's to, to me of all the, all the busts that have helped, 
create this mess, my eight is probably number one because you thought he was going to be good and he's bad. Yeah, he and Colum, he and Colum, kind of the bookends of that for sure. That's true. And and, you know, Barrios has been mediocre. He has no, I mean, it's today, you know, you're playing Baltimore, you got the two worst records of baseballs, you're both 17 and 29. Well, you got Matt Shoemaker pitching, and they got John Means, who's one of the. He's got a lefty. He threw a no-no, which isn't that novel right now, but uh, he's supposed to have great stuff. You know, so they got a good young live arm pitching, right. and you got you got Matt Shoemaker, who was really good as recently as 2015. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's, I mean, you know, they just. The, the scrounge in the bottom of the barrel. They used to give Terry Ryan a hard time about it, but uh, these guys might be worse. Well, we need the wild to win tonight. Keep, uh, keep the heat off them. Patrick, uh, good stuff. We'll do this again next week. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, have a, have an enjoyable uh, nine 30 playoff viewing experience tonight. Yeah. I love that. Uh, people were trying to write that. God help them. Just don't get that goal with, 1.7 seconds left that changes the result if you try to make the print like we, the, we had that in vancouver back, way back in the day in vancouver. yeah we did <laughs> yes all right See all right mike let's finish with the cooler pro football focus recently regraded the 2020 draft they were already pretty kind to the vikings in that draft uh, in their initial grades and they were already pretty harsh on the packers in that draft but uh the redraft has only accentuated those differences. They originally gave the Vikings an A for a draft that included Justin Jefferson at the top of the draft. They gave the Packers a D for a draft that included Jordan Love at the top of the draft. The regrade has somehow made that gap wider. The Vikings now receiving an A+. Plus. It's the memories of uh, the Christmas story, writing on the board, A+++++++. Plus, 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 plus. That's the Vikings grade, I guess. A plus, uh, they love the Vikings draft uh, and the depth that might have been achieved there, and especially the star power of Justin Jefferson. The Packers have been downgraded to a D minus. They said this draft class may have even longer lasting ramifications than initially thought. Not only did none of the Packers' three top 100 picks make any sort of impact in the playoffs, but their first round pick may ultimately push the reigning MVP out of Green Bay. Ouch. I take no pleasure in delivering this news. That is not true. I take a lot of pleasure in delivering this news. Maybe we'll get into this a little bit more on Tuesday's show because I think Aaron Rodgers is supposed to talk at some point today. I've, I saw something about him being on Kenny Maine's radio show, so maybe we'll have some more from uh, from Aaron Rodgers on Tuesday's show. But nonetheless, not looking great for the Packers in the 2020 draft. Looking very, very good, however, for the Vikings. That'll do it for today. Thanks for joining me and Patrick Royce on Monday's show. Lots of good stuff coming up later this week, including Adrian Heath. Write a review, download this podcast. Please, please subscribe to Star Tribune and StarTribune.com, and we'll catch you again on Tuesday. Tuesday.